HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, and welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Carlin Turkel. Here today, joined by Ari Form and uh, Matthew, Matt DeVrent of the Jake Law. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single source supplier of free range, all natural, grass fed, and grass finished beef. Since 1965, the Hearst Ranch has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands at Central. California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more info, go to hearseranch.com. So as I mentioned, Madinari from the Jake Walk. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We're going to talk about a couple little terminology things. Um, I love going to the Jake Walk, a fantastic little bar in, uh, is that Carroll Gardens or Cobble Hill? It's uh, right on the border, so oh. either. Yeah, you're a you're <laughs> brinker. As yeah. with all of those neighborhoods go, I yeah. think the you Bo- can say whatever you want. The Bococa. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to shout out to Damon uh, Bolte, who had Ari on a recent episode, so you could hear about Ari's past life uh, at Cluck You Chicken. <laughs> Pluck You, dude. <laughs> Pluck You. <laughs> uh, but that's a whole other story. Get it straight. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little about, about terminology, because I love going to the Jake Walk and sometimes just reading the list. I mean, I love drinking through the list as well, but the cocktails are always so playful and humorous and that's just not the you know flavor profile and the things that go into it the actual names of the cocktails <laughs> um and i have a list of a whole bunch of them now uh but one of my favorites right now it are the ray finkel and lewis einhorn who any ace ventura fan would know as a you know the the double uh, faced person that is uh, you know the villain. The, the villain, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's trying to figure out what her name was in my head. Sean Young. Sean Young, oh. that's it. Fantastic. She was um, also in Dune. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Dune. 
Oh, well, that Sorry. would explain why, yeah. you, why your favorite cocktail isn't the Baron Harkonnen. Well, a Dune reference. That's what we're going to go through, actually. <laughs> and that's why I never drank that one. Like, yeah, I don't a, even understand what the heck that is. It's named after the color of his source. Really? Sort of. <laughs> I mean, the character. Okay, and so then also we, the color. we're going to get a little more in-depth on how you go about naming these things. Uh, after we just talk a second uh, about, I think there's been this shift between the idea of bartender to mixologist and one of the big things is actually just knowing your shit uh Hmm. you know knowing etymology and knowing where drinks come from bartenders you know sit there and pull a tap and give you a beer or pour a wine but aren't necessarily as versed in the lineage of a drink and um you you guys know your your stuff i mean it's not like uh you're sitting there pouring velvet for lanum because it sounds cool but i mean maybe you are I mean, I would. <laughs> well, partially. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think, one, is the biggest difference between being a bartender and being a mixologist? Uh, I think it's... Uh, I, th- I think it comes down to attitude, maybe. Um, where... Uh, it, it, it's difficult, because I think some people uh, will take the word mixologist and think of it positively, and some people will think of it negatively, and it's really how one who identifies themselves as a mixologist, um, how they uh, present themselves to the public. Uh, if a mix, You call yourself a mixologist because you're really interested in uh, making interesting drinks and coming up with balanced drinks. Cool. Call yourself whatever you want. But if uh, your focus is to show off these drinks that you've made and uh, with blinders on and not really like um, care about your customer or about what anybody else is doing, then you're just a douche. Yeah, yeah. That's that flare stuff where <laughs> yeah. they flip the bottles around. Well, and that's fine as yeah. long as you have humility. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think a lot of times the mixology tag, we at least I think tend to step away from that a little bit. We, I, I would say we sort of embrace the reputation of being kind of the redheaded stepchild of the whole <laughs> mixology world. Like we're, The cocktail names are, I think, a reflection of that. We're not necessarily into being seen, I, I would say at least, I'll speak for Ari, but uh, I think we see ourselves as bartenders more than mixologists. Agreed. We happen to like making mixed drinks that are complex and do use fresh ingredients and all of those things. But uh, I would say we're in the bartender world a little bit more than mixologists. But the typical definition is probably just that. The type of drinks we make are usually connected to people that consider themselves mixologists. Yeah. Actually, another reference to Damon's show, Speakeasy, that Ari was uh, recently on, um, you mentioned something of the sort that it's also how you command a bar and how you, uh, you know, talk to people and create a rapport rather than just sitting there being like, this, this, this isn't a drink. You're keeping everybody happy at the same time um, and being chummy, being friendly, and not just making a drink. Right, exactly. When you're a bartender, like uh, Matthew and I consider ourselves, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you control an environment. You are in charge of an environment. That's where you're getting paid to do. That's where you're getting tipped for is to make people feel comfortable and have a really nice time where they are having a drink. And if that drink is really well-made, that's just uh, it's a, it's a bonus. Yeah. And the drinks are fantastically made at the Jaqua. I kind of just wanted to break down the list before jumping into the actual you know, titular names of these things and <laughs> the inspiration behind it. And how did you go about forming your cocktail list? Um, well, it's... You mean just in in general? It, it's pretty. Yeah. We we like to just as a skeleton, have four shaken and four stirred. Have eight cocktails uh, all the time, um, plus our signature drink, the Jake Walk, and a guest 
uh, cocktail, which we have uh, every list from another bar or something. But aside from those two, we always have four shaken, four stirred, and then we just kind of have it uh, seasonally focused. Um, not just uh, in the sense of the uh, freshness of ingredients, let's say, uh, but in you know in the winter they're going to be a little bit boozier, a little bit heavier, and in the summer you're going to have drinks that are a little more refreshing. Yeah, let's talk about spring because that's all I'm thinking about lately. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, what kind of spirits? What kind of flavors and profiles are you looking for then? I would say uh, you can stick to. In general, you always have to have. The list isn't just for shaken and for stirred. I feel a def- uh, need to define shaken and stirred for some people that might not Please, know. Yeah. Shaken is usually juice, any sort of citrus. Well, almost always citrus, um, at least at our bar. Um, and you shake those drinks, and the sh- drinks that are all booze, it gets stirred uh, so that your right. Manhattan doesn't come out cloudy. If you stir it, it comes out clear and pretty and reflecting yeah. all the lights from the bar. Wait, wh- why would it become cloudy if shaken? Oh, the, you're introducing all those bubbles in there and uh, the shards of ice, and it just it, it clouds it, it clouds the 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 clarity of the liquid. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's a purely aesthetic thing. It's, yeah, it's not a it's not a functional thing at all. Yeah, I, I think you generally could probably shake something and get it colder faster, not more cold, but yeah, but it does taste more delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, it just looks better. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. So shaken, stirred, signature, um, guest. And then maybe some other little seasonal highlights on top right, of that. Yeah, like in the in the spring or the summer, you're going to see more muddling. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, and define in the process. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Define muddling. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. It's when you take a, a big stick and you push it into uh, savory. <laughs> Wait, I was going to stop you. I'm like, define muddling. Define muddling. <laughs> I said muddling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- that's something that happens more so during the fresher, you know weather months yeah right uh so spring summer but you don't see many muddled drinks during your winter cocktail list uh not as many yeah um but we i mean we have one on now that has a uh, muddled cucumber but it's with um it's our guest cocktail uh from uh, huckleberry bar it's called the faith and fortitude but it has um along with it some heavier ingredients it has lafroig uh isla scotch and it has uh, the velvet falernum that you're talking about so it's a big it's a big drink yeah i don't even know what velvet falernum really is i just oh. like the name okay <laughs> uh, that and bativiera rack in my head are like two really good friends that hang out and like have adventures if yes. there was ever an animated spirit series they, they should be friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um muddled are there any other types of drinks that you try to introduce to your list during other seasons so we have shaken, we have stirred, we have the one with the big oh, stick. Oh, I see what you mean. Like another category? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess we we tend to, because we have a limited list, you know, like we're not one of those places that has 35 cocktails all at once. During the winter, maybe, is when you incorporate cream drinks and or egg drinks. Yeah. Which are still shaken, generally. Um, but they sort of fit into a, their own category because it's a whole different texture. I guess texture comes into play a lot more with those drinks than it does in yeah. another one. And is an egg drink considered a flip, or is it like the square and rhombus thing where all flips are egg drinks, but not all <laughs> egg drinks are flips? Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you hit it. Exactly. Um, a flip is uh, just the alcohol in an egg that you kind of, I don't know, maybe it's called that because you flip them together or something. I'm yeah. not sure of the etymology of the word. Um, but then you have, yeah, exactly. But then you have like uh, fizzes, which will have uh, egg white and soda in it. Um, uh, and then there's, and then there's variations on that where the word gold comes up in the title and sort of uh, implies that you're using a whole egg instead of just the white of the egg. Yeah, 
Oh, so yeah, yolk. Okay, I yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, sours too. I mean that in my head just because I think sour mix is the first the first time I thought I had a mixed drink all I did was drink sour mix disgusting yeah just Actually, sour mix yeah nothing else with it I didn't know oh okay did, yeah. you, did you have that on the rocks or straight up <laughs> I think I had it straight <laughs> up or it was cold though It was. I think I shook it and it was cold yeah um and we're, as you said, it was disgusting. I actually thought it was pretty good. Well, you were probably like 11, and it tastes like Mountain Dew or something. Yeah, I think I was like 15. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I love like Sour Patch Kids and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I'm like, oh my God, liquid form, and it's boozy. <laughs> right. And I felt like I had to puke afterwards. Yeah. So I thought there was alcohol in it, but it was just sour mix. <laughs> yeah. um, so there are sours. Uh, Royales? I'm not even sure what those are. Royales is just anything that involves, I guess, sparkling wine or champagne. Yeah, it's, it it's have to be champagne. champagne traditionally, but that's too expensive. So yeah, just white wine or just yeah, wine with bubbles added. Yeah, right. yeah, excellent. So just take a straw and blow into it. And right, Royale. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, any other types of cocktails that you guys try to serve at the Jake Wall? That's tough because I don't know if we try to cover the bases as much there. Uh, it's more of a I don't know, inspiration of the season, or maybe most cocktails are actually based on something else before it. So, you know, okay, I made a variation on a margarita or whatever, and I put champagne on top, so now it's a royale, but we didn't we didn't set out to make a royale yeah. in the first place. Uh, and even, even still, with all these titles, royale, fizz, uh, sour, they're all, they all derive from a drink that is shaken or a drink that is stirred. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, mm. that's what it all comes so down to. So it's like to. the family tree of cocktails. Exactly. There's, the, there's this process of making these cocktails, and then they are separated into their own categories um, based on ingredients. Yeah. Um, so not styles of production. You know yeah. what I mean? Excellent. We're going to take a quick break and actually come back to the cocktails themselves and... Uh, the difference between a Finkel and an Einhorn. <laughs> You've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. Service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Join Linda Palaccio for a taste of the past every Thursday at 12 p.m. as she indulges her curiosities about food, cooking, drinking, and dining of the past by taking a journey through culinary history. Linda interviews authors, scholars, friends, and chroniclers to learn about what was eaten, where, and how. 
From as long ago as ancient Mesopotamia and Rome, right up to the grazing tables and deli counters of today. The show underscores food as a lively link between present and past cultures. Again, that's Thursday at 12 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. And welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Ari Form and Matt DeVrent of The Jake Walk, a fantastic little cocktail bar in the Boca Co, Cara Garden, Cabo Hill area. Boca Ka? Yeah, for Carol, I'm guessing. Yeah, Boca. Yeah, no, it's Cobble, Carol, so Coca. What about uh, Borm? Yeah, what about Borm? That doesn't. Bo. Bo- oh, okay. Whatever. It's on <laughs> yeah. Smith Street. This is why we don't yeah. refer to it. Yeah. Soho that. means south of Houston. <laughs> yeah. uh, what does Noho mean? <laughs> Let's just do this for the rest of the show, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think that's better. <laughs> we were just talking about uh, kind of the family tree of cocktails, shaken and stirred, and then, you know, Royale's fizzes, etc. They're with. Um, a word that Matt used, I think it was like variances on cocktails or like... I'm sure that sounds better than any word I yeah. use, but great. <laughs> I, I think it was a V word. Um, but, you know, that you are deriving your cocktail list from other cocktails, that there is some basis and foundation for how you make a drink. Um, and I kind of want to just dive into some of these names. One that I didn't know, the Baron Harkonnen. Um <laughs> A reference to Dune, I've heard. Yes, uh, Baron Harkonnen is the... Uh, he's a villain in the uh, the first Dune book and the uh, also the David Lynch movie. Probably the most famous villain from the movie. Uh, I guess that's up for debate. Yeah, I mean, the Sting. Sting's pretty famous. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Myrto, Broncamenta, Grenadine, Lime Juice, Shaken. So it's, it's rye. It's, yeah, and rye, of course, two ounces of it. Um, shake, I'm reading the list. <laughs> Eleven dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> shake, so it's a shake and drink, and yep. strain into ice-filled highball glass, topped with soda, maraschino cherry garnish. Now, it's a shake and drink, but what kind of drink is it, or what was it derived from? Mm. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a Collins, basically. It's a uh, it's got your liquor, um, your uh, your citrus, and then your sweetener. And those, those, and then t- uh, topped with soda, right? Making it essentially like a Collins. Um, and then there's several, you know, you split all those ideas into several different um, ingredients, but with the goal being to balance all of your flavors yeah. somehow. But the, I think it's, it's born out of a Collins. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I got to say, I don't know what, which came first, the name or the ingredients or... Us having too much broncomenta in the house and deciding <laughs> we need to make a drink with it, yeah. or like I'm not really sure. So what you it guys started. have a chicken egg thing going on, exactly. right? Right. Well, we didn't yeah. sit there. So. Right, exactly. We didn't sit there and be like, okay, what Collins variation are we going to have this time <laughs> around? We were like, this drink tastes really good. Yeah. And then why Dune? Well, the the drink has a uh, <laughs> has a very um, uh, it has the the grenadine and the mirto uh, and the the broncomenta all are are red. Uh, dark red tending towards black in color, um, and uh, the rye is brown, and then you add the the soda, which is obviously clear, and the drink comes out with this really interesting sort of very blood red all the way up to clear um, color spectrum in the glass, and then you have the uh, maraschino cherry, the, the, the authentic ones, which are also dark in color. 
And Baron Harkonnen, uh, you know, notoriously... Um, <laughs> this is where it gets a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and metaphorically is, is, um, is uh, covered in uh, sores in the movie, and uh, which he, uh, uh, or all of the, uh, his sycophants who surround him compliment him on, and he's constantly having them uh, cleansed or uh, expanded for, you know, whatever level of meanness he wants to, or the director wants him to portray. Uh, and uh, so it was, it was more of a likeness naming. Yeah. But the uh, the color of drink reminds us of the Baron's sores. Yeah. So, uh, which is, so that's a, Baron Hercone is a much better name than calling it the Baron's sores. Right. Yes. Or, yes. or the Baron Collins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or for us, like any other name, you know, the more obscure, the better. We just like it that way. So, yeah. like. It very easily could be the Maroon 5 or something stupid that we would hate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're like, no, Baron Harkonnen, that's yeah. better. Uh, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, basically what it comes down to is you have uh, uh, the chance to name a cocktail, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to have that name forever. And I think Maddie and I's personality, personalities would rather watch the person look at the menu and see them laugh <laughs> or be confused as opposed to them being like, oh, what a... Well, what a wonderfully esoteric and and uh, and punny name! Oh, that's you know that's etymologically correct. That name. No, it's much better when somebody's like, "Hey, they called that one the Enrico Palazzo." <laughs> did anybody see Naked Gun? <laughs> Do yeah. you have an Enrico Palazzo? We did last time. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Violent Bear. That one was not named by us. It was named by Jeremy, our head bartender. Jeremy and, Swift. Yes, and uh, that is probably some snobby literary reference that we just don't understand. <laughs> generally, generally, yeah, there's a... There, so <laughs> the three heads all go together, and uh, Jeremy has some very respectful and appropriate things that, that make perfect sense. That, there's always like a Latin word yeah. in there. And then, and then Ari and I go, yeah, but what about an athlete? Yeah. Or what about... What do, about do, do you not know like early 80s basketball? What the right. hell? Oh, speaking of which, like I love those references i think you guys had a world be free right yes. we did. Uh, yeah uh, we've had uh, also lafayette fat lever which i yeah i'm a huge fat lever when he was on the mavs yeah uh, yeah um what other sports athletes? We have Rory Sparrow on this. Uh, to keep it with basketball. Yeah, I actually didn't know who Rory Sparrow was. He's a bit of a journeyman, I think. Early, yeah, but uh, I'm a big Knicks fan, so he means a lot to me. Early 80s backup point guard for the Knicks. I think he backed up Daryl Walker. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, more importantly, he scored the first points in Miami Heat history. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Not really, but that's what makes yeah, it yeah, fitting yeah. for us. <laughs> um, other athletes that you either have named drinks for or hope to yeah we ventured into baseball a little bit actually this one was one of the servers at our bar oh her, yeah yeah, yeah. her That's dad right. saw the first list that we for a while we were trying to go with classic cocktails classic names and after a while we just realized it just doesn't fit our personalities and we're not we're not putting out what what we would like people to think of us and uh I guess we think of ourselves as a wackadoo of some sort. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so we're but like, this name, this name is perfect. Good and and her, she showed the menu to her dad, and he goes, "Why don't they go with a three fingered brown?" And I'm like, "Who the hell's three fingered brown?" Mordecai. Yeah, Mordecai. Yeah. Three. Exactly. I and, didn't know this. And it's perfect because the drink is three fingers of brown. Like it's, right. it's, that's how big it is. It's three fingers high, awesome. yeah, and it's brown and it's boozy and it's it's a it's a wonderful name. And Maddie actually sent home. Uh, a three finger brown uh, with our server to give to her dad over the holidays. So she drove it all the way to Delaware. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is so illegal. But that is so awesome. No, uh, no, that didn't happen. Actually, no. Yeah, we're just we're just exactly. yanking your cranks. Um, ATF. But I want to go. I want to go back to the uh, fat lever. Um, what does it have in it? That's uh, 
Come on, Matt. Gin. <laughs> uh, this is another sort of Collins variation. Actually, it's very much a Tom Collins with some Campari in it. Yeah. Uh, but instead of sweetener uh, being your simple syrup, we use maple syrup. Right. And uh, just because the bitterness of Campari really was coming out heavy, so we were like, oh, maybe a little denser syrup kind of thing would balance yeah. it out a little better. Uh, lemon juice, gin, simple uh, maple syrup, uh, Campari, and, and uh, soda. Soda yeah. on top. But uh, was he, I mean, Lafayette, was he a Cajun? Was he uh, a... <laughs> where, where was he? <laughs> that one, I think the drink. Yeah. See, the Three Finger Brown, I would say, is one of the few cocktails that the name came before the drink. Yeah. I think we often come up with about a, a l- bunch of drinks that taste good that we're like, all right, so now let's name these suckers. Okay, how do you do this? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I will say, just uh, on the spot here, <laughs> that um, Campari, uh, maple syrup, and gin are three extremely complex ingredients <laughs> and as we all know fat lever was a triple threat uh <laughs> almost averaging a triple double for a few years that is true. Uh, yeah. mostly with the nuggets but also yeah. with the mavs yeah, yeah he could do it all that's yeah. true gin I mean, maybe a, a, associated with summer maple syrup maybe associated with fall campari i guess coming day. back summer yeah, yeah campari every day <laughs> yeah. in, our, in our bar at least yeah and uh and so he, he you know points assists yeah. rebounds right there he's like a six five guard he averaged yeah. like eight rebounds a game amazing it's yeah ridiculous uh, like a point guard he's not the shooting guard he's i know a point he's a guard. Guard. Yeah. Point guard. Mm-hmm. el guapo oh that, i'll give that to ari three, ari three amigos yeah oh really see i thought it was another sports reference i always forget the guy's oh, name um, rich garces from, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Red from the red sox oh yeah. no it was yeah uh, that it's, too it's three amigos which which of the three is El Guapo? He's the villain. Oh, okay. Uh, Jesus, you need to watch that movie. Man. I haven't seen it in ages. <laughs> Do you know what the plethora is? I know the word, and Never don't mind. quiz me. I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so El Guapo has uh, reposada tequila, cinnamon syrup, uh, dashes of grapefruit bitters, pechoed, um so it has like a little Mexican flair. Yeah, it has Mexican, and it's a, it's a, actually the the cinnamon syrup's a little sweet, a little spicy, though balanced. Kind of like El Guapo is the villain. He wasn't a lunatic. He was very nice to his fellow, uh, you know, his henchmen. Yeah, uh, and he was you know Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> the improved, oh yeah, that <laughs> and that too. Uh, the improved rye cocktail. That's a that's a classic. Actually, yeah, we wish that. We yeah, could we wish come we'd up with up some with other one. Yeah, that would have been perfect. But have you ever thought of applying your own name to that cocktail? Well, with a with a classic, you, you can't like put a Manhattan on the menu and be like and call it something else. Yeah, we would hope someone wouldn't put the Baron Harkonnen on their menu and then call it whatever they yeah, want, like Paul Atreides or something. That just wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Is that a Dune reference? <laughs> yeah, again. That's, yeah, he's I a just, hero. I went blank for a second. <laughs> um, my favorite, the Ray Finkel and or the Lewis 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 Einhorn. Tell me about it. Well, that actually, uh, that we were inspired by another bar, uh, not necessarily for the name, but for the idea, because it's a, it's a drink where the modifiers are the same in, uh, in the two drinks, green chartreuse, honey syrup, and um, orange bitters. But the base, you can do, uh, you have a choice of two, apple, uh, apple jack or, uh, you know, uh, apple brandy or um, bourbon, uh, which we, uh, that idea... I think we stole from Death and Company because they had a couple of drinks where you could choose like your base and you had like five different choices and then the modifiers are the same. It was really interesting. Uh, and then we were like, well, how, you know, how can we you know, make a joke of this uh, in the name? And so, yeah, we thought it would be really great to see people uh, table side 
quoting the Ace Ventura line where they're like, Finkel Einhorn, Einhorn Finkel. <laughs> How often does that happen? Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> you know, exactly. Could we put them together in one train? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have people like, it's totally you, doing instant replays at the table. Yeah, we wish. Huh? Yeah. Well, but Not usually, as much. <laughs> usually you don't, uh, most of the table doesn't get that one. And yeah. so there's always one person at the table just like uh, in alarm, trying, like tearing their hair out, telling them that they can't believe they don't know what it is, <laughs> and then like describing it to them. Yeah. Although I did get a hug from a guy once who was like, thank you so much for awesome. that Ace Ventura reference. <laughs> this has been a joke with me and my brother since we were young. <laughs> like, I am so happy that you have this on your Exactly. Mind. Right. Exactly. Does anybody ever like give somebody a hug who named their drink, you know, like, uh, sure. you know, like the proper Collins variation? No, you <laughs> yeah. get the hug with the Finkelein part. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's that's a great if you ever have to put an advertisement come get a hug for the finkel line exactly yeah. oh yeah that's good um i i kind of want to put my two cents in i think i've many a times As come to the should. bar and uh talk to you guys and jeremy of athletes that i think should be on the menu yeah and the one glaring omission is razor shines ah third base coach for the mets last year yeah yeah i mean and but has like the uh, epic 1986 tops card when he was with the Expos. <laughs> that was like the most sought after baseball card that year. Can I can I uh, step on your pride here a little yeah, bit? Please, because yeah. while that's a great name and yeah. a great reference, there is the ultimate. We were just talking about it on the way here. <laughs> there is the ultimate baseball cocktail name connected to a baseball card as well. Yeah, which is from it's either a 1980 or 1981 tops card. Kansas City Royals, the gentleman. Uh, uh, he's got like you know a classically long '70s hair, and he's wearing a batting helmet without the ear flaps, and he's got one hand against the batting cage, raised above his head, and he's leaning on it and just staring <laughs> out at the camera. It's a bit of a model pose, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like something and, you would see in a magazine. Exactly, and his name is Pete Lecoq. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> perfect cocktail yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you actually come up with the drink? You obviously have no, the no, name. but it's in yeah. the it's in the that uh, one's in the works. Yeah, yeah. When you come, uh, that's true. Like a lot of times, the names come to us, and you're like, oh, I got to write that down. I got to remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, you create a drink, and you're like, wait, could this be the Pete Lecoq? Yeah. No, <laughs> Does this no. feel like a Pete Lecoq? <laughs> this feels a little more fat lever to me. Yeah. I'm going to go with that instead. But, but Razor Shines is great. That yeah. is that yeah, is it's a an classic. Excellent. Name. I'll be expect- and also another Met. Uh, I think he's coaching in the system this year and he barely played Mackie Sasser oh yeah, yeah. the uh, little little stutters yeah, back yeah. to the pitcher he, he had this, and also there's the Tim Tuffle we, you know he did the shuffle <laughs> the Tuffle show? that's right yeah. that's right that sounds like one of your famous pink drinks should be named the uh, yeah. Tim Tuffle <laughs> um, I'm using this show also to maybe troubleshoot why no matter what I do uh, <laughs> even if it doesn't have the color or flavor profile drinks that I make come out pink and taste like good and plenty's <laughs> It's not a bad thing. No, but it's good also... Good tastes good. It, but, mm. Do you put absinthe in every drink? No, dude. I could even shake water and it would <laughs> looking like, you know, pink yeah. fruited up and tastes like a good and plenty. We have a similar situation. That our namesake, we have a cocktail that we call the Jake Walk um, that was actually created for us, but it has Peychaud's bitters in it, which is red. So we get a lot of dudes that are like, oh, man rum tequila yeah lime hit me with it and you're like there's your pink drink sir tastes <laughs> like grapefruit right sweetie <laughs> yeah, exactly. enjoy you know just the color you know yes it's part of it but uh i don't know it's not something to stress about so i mean talking about being a novice mixer bar guy i don't know what the word is shaker stir um what would you say is a good introductory drink for someone one to start 
you know, learning about cocktails and to start making for themselves. The classics. Uh, just make a uh, make an old fat or learn how to yeah properly uh, make a, an old fashioned and a Manhattan and a martini and maybe like a margarita um, or sour. Yeah, and think you're fine. Like if you learn how to make those really well balanced and understand why you've made them really well balanced, I think you can sort of branch off and. I mean, I don't want I'll, I don't want to jump on a seasoned veteran of the radio like nope. RA form. <laughs> no, no, but uh, please, you get a book. Get a book that has the classics in it. Yeah, um, right, right, from exactly. a reputable source. Uh, we suggest to everyone before they even step behind a bar to grab the Joy of Mixology by Gary Regan, which is uh, for me the Bible of exactly. bartending. Yeah. Uh, for us, especially because he has a certain uh, what's the word? Something he doesn't take it as seriously as all the other guys. You know, like there is great sources of information like an imbibe from uh from dave wandrich and some of those things where you're you're gonna get an exhaustive source of things he enjoy mixology he really talks about bartending and mixing drinks and yeah. how that affects your and it's fun you know, the whole thing is fun yeah and he, he and yeah it seems like he's trying to make trying to have fun so that's a great book as a source some of his recipes there's debate about how how they are um but uh but I, I would say my first drink that I learned that sort of changed my feeling about how cocktails should be, uh, or, you know... From the man with the claw? Maybe. No, that's not true. <laughs> this is well after. After I unlearned, I, I went to a cheap bartending school in Ohio at one point, and the guy had, like, a, a claw hand, which is always great. <laughs> like, yeah, I learned this. I learned how to make these drinks one-handed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, with say, sour mix. I can only make that for you with a claw. Hold yeah, on a second. Like, Give me 20. On. I'll be right yeah. back. I gotta put a glove on. Yeah. <laughs> no, the first drink, uh, like, in New York, where someone is like, no, man, that's how you just make it, and it's awesome. Sazerac. Yeah. It. I mean... It, if you can make an old fashioned, you could probably make a Sazerac. And, but uh, I don't know. It just changed my whole world as far as the way I think about cocktails and how cocktails should be. Especially, I think people our age always are, uh, as guys in our thirties, uh, are are raised like you are mixing things with sour mix, mixing things in. No, I just went straight sour mix. Well, yeah. or not mixing them <laughs> with sour mix, uh, and uh, and so you have. To, there's a little bit of unlearning uh, as you get to New York and you're in the whole. Uh, classic cocktail scene a little bit more and so for me that was the first classic cocktail i was like holy shit everybody could make this and it's amazing you know it's it really does no that's i i that's a really good one actually because it has a little bit more complexity right uh on the on the palate so you you really get your bang for the buck and just for those that don't know will you guys tell us what a sazerac is and how to make it Sure. Uh, well, actually, Ari, didn't you guys do a test the other week? We did. We had like a sort of standardized formula that everybody uses, and then we sort of went through it, and we we're like, okay, let's actually drink ten Sazeracs and see yeah. which one we like the best in our recipe. And I, I don't know what you guys landed on exactly. Uh, we did, uh, and I guess I'll just get like, should I get really specific with the ingredients? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So we did uh, two ounces uh, Rittenhouse rye, uh, a scant half ounce of simple syrup which is just under like scant is just under a half ounce um three dashes peychaud bitters one dash angostura bitters uh which you get together in a uh in a mixing glass get your ice in there give it a stir and then you have your uh chilled cocktail glass which you rinse with absinthe and we used uh veau pontarlier absinthe um and while any absinthe is going to work with the rinse if just with ingredients we were using it will still vary very 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 slightly but just to know which one we used um rinse the glass and make sure it's it's rinsed so you you don't have like even a small like 
uh, half of a teaspoon left inside. It's just really just rinse the entire glass and then strain the stirred ingredients over and a uh, lemon twist. And it was delicious. By the way, uh, there's a lot of debate about what type of cocktail glass is proper for a Sazerac. This is where things get kind of screwed up, yeah. in my opinion. But generally, if you have a rocks glass at home and you're trying to make Sazeracs, that would do just fine. Yeah, but chill it. Yeah. Right. So and don't put it on ice. Right, 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 exactly. You get those absinthe, like, pretty, you know, good and plenty smells yeah. coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it, it helps to, you know, just have a glass that has some space above the top yeah. of the liquor. But as, as you listeners have heard, you can make your cocktail and have fun, too. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you guys for being on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, um, you know, stop in, have a Sazerac, learn how to make a Sazerac. Or ask for the Pete Lecoq. <laughs> Coming soon. You might get something gross. <laughs> Mad Nari from the J-Quok. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Hearst Ranch for sponsoring. Jack Inslee for producing. Um, hope to have you back here Tuesday, 3 p.m. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. The Snacky Tunes compilation has arrived and is available for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com. This compilation features live performances from some of the hottest acts around today, including Midnight Magic, Surfer Blood, Oberhofer, and more. Again, you can download this compilation for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com, and make sure to listen to Snacky Tunes every Monday at 2 p.m., on Heritage Radio Network. The following is a public service announcement from the Museum of Food and Drink. Dave Arnold and Patrick Martins have gathered a team of New York's most innovative chefs and bartenders to create a nine-course fundraiser lunch at Del Posto, Sunday, March 27th. Their intent? To kickstart the greatest food museum in the world. The menu for this unprecedented event is derived from educational themes of the museum. Chefs will draw inspiration from sources outside their normal sphere. How will a cutting-edge chef handle the Paleolithic, or a dish only using pre-Columbian ingredients? What will a modern Italian chef do with ancient Rome? The chefs include David Chang of Momofuku, Wiley Dufresne of WD-50, Mark Ladner of Del Posto, Nils Noren of the French Culinary Institute, Cesare Casella of Salumeria Rossi, Carlo Maracci of Roberta's, Brooks Headley of Del Posto, and Christina Tozzi of Momofuku Milk Bar. Bartenders include Audrey Sanders of Pegu Club, Thomas Waugh of Death & Company, Simon Ford of Pernod Ricard, Damon Bolte of Prime Meats, and Eben Clem of BR Guest Restaurants. Proceeds from the event will directly support the Museum of Food and Drink. Tickets are very limited and $250 per person. To purchase tickets, please visit mofad.eventbrite.com. That's M-O-F-A-D dot eventbrite.com. Once again, M-O-F-A-D dot E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com.
Sponsored by Pernod Ricard, Heritage Foods USA, Pat Lafrida Meats, Barterhouse Wines, Del Posto Restaurant. The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Foods USA. In late March, Dan, Andrea, Patrick, and the Heritage team are traveling to the coldest reaches of the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont to help the Cantor family tap sugar maple trees. Then the maple sap will flow down to the sugar house where it is boiled gently over a wood fire just as it has been for generations. Just a few days later, this grade A amber syrup will be poured into the beautiful glass jugs and sent to you for pancakes, waffles, desserts, glazing hams, or just drinking by the spoonful. There's only a limited supply, so order today. Each one liter bottle is $45, including delivery. Delivery will be at the end of March, and we will notify you of the exact shipping date. Each shipment will include a CD explaining the whole process. You can also follow us on YouTube while we work and bottle. In the meantime, you can head over to the Heritage Radio Network archives and listen to Linda Palaccio talk about maple syrup on her show, A Taste of the Past, Episode 12. For more information, visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com.